This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. We're on lesson number four. What does the Bible say about keeping God's word or God keeping his word? I thought about it after I had typed the outline out. I said, yeah, I could have said, what does the Bible say about the Bible? And uh, it really, it's, it's a lot about the Bible tonight. And it, I hope you'll find some very interesting facts uh, that we want to bring out about the Word of God and uh, some things maybe you haven't heard before. And uh, so that's, that's why we're hoping that you will be interested in it tonight and find the study very helpful to you. I got a uh, message from my brother earlier this week, and I wanted to use this little phrase he, put, he uh, had put online, the one who reads the newspaper knows what is happening in the world, but the one who reads the Bible knows why. <laughs> and that's so true, isn't it? A lot of people want to know what's going on, but they don't understand why it's going on. And if you read God's Word, you'll find out why these things, because it's prophesied, these things will take place. These things will happen. But what does the Bible say about keeping God's Word? And I'm really talking about this thing that we carry around, this thing we call the Bible, God's Word, God's Holy Word. You know, we'll find out some things tonight about God's Word. There are over 300 different Bible versions and translations, over 300. Now, the problem with that is that's going to confuse people a lot of times because of so many different kinds of versions of God's Word, translations. And when we talk about trying to get the Word of God across to someone so that they understand, well, it's harder to do if their Bible's saying this thing and I'm saying this thing and I'm saying it's out of the Word of God and they open their Bible and say, well, I don't see it in mine and I don't have that in here. Then it becomes confusion to people. And we know who the author of confusion is most of the time. And so uh, I want to say God has really put a lot of emphasis on His Word and He's tried to keep His Word pure. He's tried to keep His Word undefiled. And we should do the same thing. When we read the Word of God, it's exactly what He wants us to hear. It's His words. And it's preserved for us. Now, I'm very partial to the King James Version. And I know our pastor, when he preaches, he's going to preach out of the King James. And so some folks, I'm sure, have some other versions of the Bible. But we certainly pray that you will take a look, take a close look at King James. I know there's a lot of arguments to say, well, I, I don't understand the, the, the English in there. I don't understand the words in there. But if you will study that Bible and really look into the words that you don't understand. Look them up. Find other scriptures that go along with that. It will help you out with God's Word. The first thing I want to bring out tonight is in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 7 and 8. God said He would keep His Word, and He would keep it for us and with us. And He's done that over all of these years. He's kept His Word. Now, I found this interesting in Isaiah 47 and 8. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Now, notice the last part of that verse. 
Surely the people is grass. See, when I first read that verse, I think, I think of the grass that we see on the ground and the flowers that we see, and we know that the, as winter comes on, the, the grass will, will fade, the flowers will fade, it will wither. But then I, when I saw, surely the people is grass. Notice the next verse. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So if the people are grass, then we need to be careful because people are the ones that will come up with all kind of opinions and all kind of words and all kind of versions of God's word. But we need to realize those things that people come up with is not what God come up with. And those things can fade. Those things can wither away. Those things can bring confusion. So it is very important that we realize the true Word of God is going to stand forever. And it will be preserved. It will be preserved not verbally, but in written form. However, it is important that we know God's Word in our heart. We know it in our mind. And we memorize God's Word. Because I've said many times before, there are times when we come in contact with people when we're really not caring, we don't have this maybe under our arm. It's not available. But yet we need to have God's Word in our heart and have it in our mind. So it will be preserved. And we're going to find out tonight, there's been some things that's tried to destroy the written Word of God. There's been some people and some times in, in history that you would have thought the Word of God was going to be done away with, but it always came back. It always will stand. Now, how important is that Word of God? 1 Peter 1 and verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Now, it said this, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So people being born again, the best way to reach someone for Christ is to show them what God's Word says. Show them they're a sinner. Show them that they're lost. We all are until we are born again. So that Word of God, it's going to live, it's going to abide forever. Look at verse number 24. It says in verse 24, For all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man as a flower. Therefore, what happens to it? Falleth away. So once again, he brings in that wording about the grass and the flower and those things that people come up with, those ideas, those opinions that people decide to try to make that the gospel, try to make that the word. It's not going to last. We have to stand upon the true word of God. And the very next verse says, But the word of the Lord endureth, I like this, forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. I wouldn't give you two cents for any gospel that I hear that isn't preached out of the word of God. I mean, there's a lot of folks that are standing behind these pulpits and they're preaching stuff, but it's never out of the word of God. And so that's what's going to change lives. That's what's going to abide forever. So these things that people come up with, we don't need to stand upon that. 
Now, number two, God chose to preserve His Word in written form. He chose to do it that way. Matthew 5, 18. He said, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot or one title shall not no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. The very next verse, For verily I say unto you, uh, or the verse before that, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come to destroy but to fulfill. So when we talk about the jot and the tittle, that implies that the preserved Word of God is in written form even to the smallest detail. You know, a lot of people don't think that that the detail is important. One word's important in the Word. It is. To take one verse, and that if we miss that little detail, if we miss that little jot, if you will, if we miss that thing, it, it can change the whole verse. And that's why it's so important that we watch out about these other versions of the Bible because so much of it can change the meaning of the Word. And so... Uh, it is very important that realize God chose to preserve His Word. And number three, its preservation is essential to our faith. It's essential. Why in the world would God require it if He would not keep it for us? you got to think about that. Romans 10, 17, we'll look at that. So faith cometh by hearing. And if we stopped right there, it would mean one thing. But it says, in hearing by what? The Word of God. The Word of God. People that are lost, people that need Christ, and even Christians, we need things, uh, help in our lives on an everyday Christian walk. What better inspiration can we get? What better hope can we have than the Word of God? Faith cometh by hearing. I don't know about you, but isn't your faith tested sometimes? <laughs> it surely is. But when it's tested, what a better way to go and see what some of God's promises are and rely upon them and be encouraged by them. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it is very important and it is essential to our faith. Many places in the Scripture will quote, will quote it accurately at a later date by prophets, leaders, rulers, even Christ. How many times have you opened your Bible and read it read in there, as it is written, as it is written. It's used 49 verses say that, as it is written. Indicate that the preserved Word of God was trusted at that time, as it is written. You know, maybe you've even said that to someone yourself. You know what? In your situation, as it is written in God's Word, it says this right here, <laughs> as it is written. It's not what I wrote, it's what God wrote. So it's very important that we realize that uh, as it is written is a very important thing. Number four, it is inspired. What does that word inspired mean? That means it's God breathed. God breathed upon men. And they pinned that down by the Holy Spirit, by that Spirit of God into the originals as He's preserved it in the original inspiration Psalms chapter 12 and verse 6, the words of the Lord, I like this, are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of, of earth purified seven times. 
The very next verse. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. You know, I don't know about you, there's not a lot of pure things in the world today. There's not a lot of pure things. There's things we thought we could trust, things we thought would last, things we thought were good, but I believe we need to realize the Word of God is pure, and it has been purified, it has been tried, it has been tested. People have lived by that Word and realized it's true. It's God's Word. I tell you what, many times we're at the end of our rope and we don't know where else to turn, but you can always turn to God's Word. You can always get what you need out of that Word of God. So we have the inspired, we have the preserved Word of God, and I know we have it here in the King James Version. Now, there have always been copies. Always. The originals have never been gathered together in one place. There, from the beginning, God has, has used and blessed copies of God's Word. God wrote the first copy. You remember when He did that? He did it with His finger. He did it on the stone. He gave it to Moses. And He wrote that, Exodus 31, 18. And He gave unto Moses, when He had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tablets of testimony, tables of stone. And notice here, written with the finger of God. Written. Now here they were. That was the law. That was the, the, the written word from God on these tablets. Now what happened? Moses got upset, didn't he, when he came down off the mount? And he broke those first tablets. Oh no, the word of God is gone. They won't, we won't have it anymore. But God made sure that they had an accurate copy of it, and he ended up writing that again. Joshua also made a copy of the law. Look at Joshua chapter 8 and verse 31 and 32. It says, And Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written, there's one of those uh, word phrases that I mentioned, in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man hath lift up any iron. And they offered thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord and sacrificed uh, peace offerings. Verse 32. And he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses. And he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. So the word of God was not going to be done away with. But now God has given it to another man to write a copy thereupon it. Now here's what I found interest. King Joachim did not like what Jehu read from the Word of God, and he burnt them. Jeremiah 26, 21. So the king sent Jehuda to fetch the roll, and he took out of it Elishma, the scribe's chamber, and Jehuda read it in the ears of the king, and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire in the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass when Jehudai had read three or four leaves, he cut it with a penknife and cast it in the fire that was on the hearth until the roll was consumed in fire that was on the hearth. 
done away with again, burning the fire. But guess what? God would give it back again. He always, his word would come forth. Then something interesting happened. It was thrown into the river, trying to get done away with. Jeremiah 51 and verse number 63. And it shall be when thou hast made an end of reading this book, thou shalt bind a stone to it and cast it in the midst of the Euphrates. So they thought once again, we'll get rid of it, we'll throw it in the river, and it will be done away with. There's always someone that wants to do away with God's Word. And let me tell you, that hadn't changed today either. That hadn't changed a bit. People will try to say the Word of God is old-fashioned, that we don't need it anymore, that we can do away with it. But that was the end of the original original number two, but we still have it now, and it is still preserved. The Hebrews preserved the Old Testament in a Masoretic text. The New Testament was preserved in Greek. There have been copies of this form since 150 A.D. Different men had a burden that the Word of God be written in the language that the common man could read. Before their work, only certain clergy could read it, and they only told the masses what they wanted them to hear. Usually it was a language they did not understand, like Latin. The work of many preserved the Word of God from such men, according to different accounts. Translators. They translated the 1611 King James. The King James 1611 had several changes done to it up to 1769. The King James Version that most read is the 1769 Version. Changes, a lot of changes. And it had to be done because of the wording. Over all 400 changes from the 1611 to the 1769 were spelling changes, grammatical changes as the written English language developed and became consistent. I wanted to give you a good example in your outline there. And if you'll look at John 3.16, and all of us know that by heart, <laughs> let's try to read what the 16.11 says. For God so lewd, Yah, the world, that he gave his only begotten Sony, <laughs> that whosoever believeth, in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a strange looking wording there is there. I'm glad I don't have to read like that. <laughs> but I like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So a definite change uh, from the 1611 uh, to the 1769. I doubt very seriously if any of you are reading out of the 1611 version of your Bible. Number seven, we, ought, we need to realize, and we probably know this, since the beginning, Satan has gotten man to doubt or question the Word of God. You know, he knows this. If we would just have a little bit of doubt about what God's Word says, then we won't believe it. And if we won't believe it, we won't live by it. And he knows that. I think that Satan has tried to water it down. He's tried to hide it. He's tried to get people confused enough so they say, I don't want to try to read it because it's just confusing to me. 
and so I'm not going to believe it. That started way back in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. He was good at trying to come up with part of the word, misquoting the word. He shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So Satan got the first woman Eve to question, and that's all he wanted to do. If he could get her to question what God had said, then he knew he would get her mind to thinking and that it would change things. And it did for mankind. Even the early church had to deal with Satan's attack on the truth. The attack continued even more. And in the last days today, we're going to be, a, Satan uh, is going to continue to attack God's word. And we see it all around us. Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 17. For we are not as many which corrupt the word. You see that? Corrupt the word of God. But as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. It's a shame today that the word of God has been corrupted by, by man, by people, by their own opinions. If the word is missing or words have changed, then it's not the preserved word of God. That's where we have to be careful about it. God promised to keep it. Many of our modern translations and revisions have changed words completely and even left whole scriptures out of our Bible. So they cannot be trusted. I, th I say we shouldn't never tamper with the Word of God. They remove or change words. I'll give you one example. The NIV is 90,000 words short of what's in the King James. And that's serious business. That's a lot of words that are taken out of there. If you got an NIV, I hope you're not mad at me tonight. <laughs> but I'm just stating facts of what it says. I know a lot of people, they have the NIV. But they change the meaning of so many verses. And Bible teachings are altered many times. And they do it to suit the author or the beliefs of, of some organization. Often the new perversions change verses dealing with the deity of Christ. They change verses that have to do with the virgin birth of Christ, of hell, of salvation, of the blood, just like the pastor has been preaching. Folks, that's serious business right there. That was a serious thing. That, that's not just a little a story we pick out of the Bible. We're talking about the deity of Christ. We're talking about His birth. We're talking about hell and salvation and the blood. Don't tell me who's not behind that. He knows if He can deal, take those things out. It's very serious. Number eight, the new Bibles will bring confusion. And I'm sure we're not finished with new Bibles. I'm sure they'll still be coming out. You know who the author of confusion is. It's not God, by no means. Satan is behind the perversion of many of the words that are changed today. You know, the thing is this. These books profess to be the Word of God. And I know, here's, I know the answer why most I hear about different versions. It makes it easier for me to understand. 
That's what I've heard over and over again. It's easier to understand. But you think about this. It's the Holy Spirit, what I taught on last Wednesday night. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals and helps us understand the Word of God. It helps us do that. If you don't understand something you read, then go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what's being there. It's nothing wrong with having a good concordance, comparing Scripture with Scripture and, and having these things so we can study the Word of God. The Bible says study show thyself approved. So the Bible is said to be made easier by all of these new perversions, yet fewer than ever are reading the Word of God, and even fewer are obeying the Word of God. So that must tell you something. There's a battle that's raging over man's soul today, and Satan knows, hey, this is a key thing for me, is to attack the Word of God. If I can bring doubt, if I can change it, then it's going to affect people getting saved. The warfare can, can only be won by the warfare by the Word of God. Many, including Satan, are working hard to, to change that. You know, I, I had to think about it like this. If the modern Bibles are supposed to make it easier to understand and also correct mistake, then why do we need 300 plus versions to still make it easier. We don't need that. We don't need more versions of the Bible. The thing is this, many of these versions of the Bible are just a money-making thing. It's just so someone can continue to profit off of it. And it's not about what the true Word of God says. Let me tell you, I'm glad I've got the Word of God. Amen. I'm glad I can stand on it. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like Jesus. That's what the Bible says about keeping God's Word. Amen? Amen. God bless you. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.